glad to be with you folks that are joining online. Um, we, we recognize you as real attenders. Uh, there have been a few times over the past few months that I've had the chance, whether on vacation or having to be home or whatever, and what a blessing it is. is it, who has joined online, uh, whether through the quarantine or, or over the past few weeks? Maybe you've been, how many have been out of town and you've been able to, to join in online? Anybody? That's such a privilege. It's, it's really, really cool to be, stay connected with our church family. Um, today I want to talk to you about, uh, about a, a situation and a topic that we don't like to talk about very often, and that is how do we war with the Holy Spirit? Um, and we'll kind of unpack that in just a minute. But would you stand with me? We're going to read the word of the Lord. And it's out of Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. It says this, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. This is the word of the Lord. So uh, our family jumped into a, a deep well uh, over the past week. Um, just like it seems like everyone that you see on social media, we uh, decided to get a puppy. Um, how many people got a puppy during quarantine? Just to go ahead and admit it. Uh, this is uh, this is Ranger right here. Ranger is a mess. He's a, he's a, we we have five children. Okay, we have one child who's not even yet a year old. And somehow, in God's great wisdom that he gave us, we decided to get a puppy. <laughs> and not just any puppy, a puppy that's going to be like 70 pounds. So uh, if that puts in doubt any bit of uh, your trust in my wisdom, well, <laughs> uh, it's probably true. <laughs> your doubt is probably founded. Um, but one thing we know about a puppy is that a puppy is like spiritual warfare, is that uh, if you avoid the reality of what a puppy can do to your house... Um, he will, he will destroy your house, okay? If you just pretend like this puppy is just kind of part of the family and you're like, you know what? He doesn't need rules. He doesn't need gates. He just needs freedom, right? Right? It's some kind of hippie theology there. All right. Uh, if you let that dog run rampant, he's going to destroy your house. They got sharp teeth. I mean, he's like this big. It doesn't matter how big the dog is. It's amazing the amount of destruction they can they can cause in their wake. And many of you have had that experience. But what I want to say to you today is that if you and I ignore the reality of the spiritual realm, if we ignore the reality of spiritual warfare in our lives, it's like setting that dog loose. It's dangerous. And if we ignore it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It still exists. It's there and it's dangerous, and it could potentially destroy things that we love, that we, value, that we value, relationships that we love and value. So I want us to awake to the war with the Holy Spirit. And we've been in this series about the Holy Spirit. Pastor Aaron's been just talking with such great insight, and the Lord's given him great revelation and wisdom. I'm, I'm serious. 
If you haven't heard those sermons, please go back and listen. I know that sounds like a plug, like I'm buttering him up or something. <laughs> like, okay, he's not padding my paycheck or anything. I really do believe that there's some, God gave him some really specific revelation and wisdom about the practical and living everyday life with the Holy Spirit. So go back and listen to that. But I wanted to kind of tag on to that because when we have the Holy Spirit, we have a comforter, yes, but we also have a partner and a shield and someone who goes to battle with us. You know, in Joshua 1.9, you've heard the scripture many times, but be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. And if you stop there, the, the scripture really kind of, it sounds, it's a really nice saying. But it's the latter part of that scripture that really gives it its power. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Because we can go around telling each other, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. But it's like, it's like a parent telling your child not to be afraid, right? I mean, you just say it sometimes. You're not sure if you believe it either, but you say it and you're like, don't be afraid. It's okay. It's going to be good. Just get out there, right? And, but that's not what the Lord was saying to Joshua or what he's saying with us. Jesus said that I'm going to leave you. It's better that I leave so that you can have the Holy Spirit. So that you can, when you war, you can war with the Holy Spirit. Not contending with him, but contending beside him. So in this, I want to frame this whole talk about spiritual warfare in that. That this is not a battle you lose. <laughs> you win. Jesus wins now. He wins in eternity. And he's given you the Holy Spirit to walk with you every step of the way. But it's important that we not ignore it. All right, there's, there's something I think, though, inside of each of us that doesn't like to think about eternity. Even though the whole, like, gospel is wrapped around that. We don't like to think about eternity. We're, we kind of understand things here and now. We understand it with our eyes and our senses. Um, but I wanted to kind of just share with you a, a picture of the limitation of our senses. Because when we rely completely on our senses and we don't really think about a reality beyond them, we miss a lot of what God has for us. But I want to show you this. This is the light spectrum, okay? This is from left to right, from radio to gamma rays. And that little rainbow section, that little sliver in the middle, is actually what is visible light. And so, in our great pride as humans, we say, well, if I can't see it, I can't believe it, right? Um, does that make sense, looking at this little graph here? It's like... If I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Or if I, can't, if I can't understand it with my eyes, if I can't put my eyes on it, then it doesn't exist. But that's just not true, as we see here. Science has proven that, right? And the same goes with our hearing. You'll see a very uh, similar thing here. The middle third from 16 to 20,000 kilohertz is what we hear. The rest of it, we don't hear. So when we say, well, unless I hear it, I don't believe it. Or unless, unless I hear it with my own ears. Have you ever said that? All right, you ever heard somebody? Um, well, if we live in that reality, even science tells us that there are things beyond our hearing that we can't comprehend, but they do exist. And I would just expand this graph infinitely to the left and right, both of these, if we were thinking about 
eternity. Because eternity by its very, very nature is not, we can't understand it with our own two senses. Our minds can't comprehend the spiritual realm. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit reveals the things of the Spirit to us. God has given us the Holy Spirit so that our souls could actually come alive with eternity. He has put a seed of eternity in our hearts. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, what we get is a seed of eternity blooming and coming and breaking the ground in our hearts. And the Holy Spirit does that work. So I want to give you five things about the spiritual realm and about this concept of spiritual warfare that are at the center of our faith. And number one is this. The whole mission of Jesus is centered around eternal life. If we look at Jesus and we don't think about his words in the context of eternity, then we don't actually capture the whole breadth of what he's talking about. Listen to John chapter 3, 16. If you know it, repeat it, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in it, believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life, right? And I think it would do us well to spend some more time thinking about eternity. Because too, the world is centered on the finite nature of human life. Humanness. And so we wrap our ourselves around that. Everything that's marketed to us is about as concrete, the wood of this table, is not as real as the things that were here before creation. If God was here before the world began, then he is the greater reality. His purposes, his realities are even more solid than the concrete, than the wood of this table, than the chair you sit on, than the body that you breathe in. You have a soul that is eternal. You have a soul that lives day in and day out, in this greater reality. And when we're awakened to Christ, eternity doesn't begin when we die. It begins right now. We have eternity. And and there's a song that says, a taste of eternity is here in our midst. We have a taste of eternity. Pastor Aaron talks about the already but not yet kingdom of God. The, The taste of things to come. We are living eternal life right now. And we're also fighting spiritual and eternal battles. The reality of the spiritual battle is that war has been waging for a long time. And evil still exists. We do have an enemy. And we don't like to talk about it in our humanistic, uh, man-centered culture. We don't like to talk about an enemy. We like to talk about how things are always come from you know, the things that we've done or things we didn't do. We like to center it around us. But First Peter 5, 8 says this, Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. And this is where the danger is of ignoring spiritual warfare. Is that we have a real enemy who's not going away, at least yet. <laughs> All right? It's not, it's not, I'm not trying to fear monger here. I'm just trying to help you, help you and me 
wake up to the reality. If you're living your life and you're just walking through and you're not contemplating that there is an enemy that wants to destroy your life, that wants to destroy, has no other aim but to destroy your children. If, if we're not living with that reality, then we're allowing his attacks to just come without defense. But obviously, when, when we have the Holy Spirit, he defends us even when we're not looking, when we're not. But how much more could we do if we engaged offensively in spiritual warfare? There's a, a scene that I read about. It's from the book, The Silence of the Lambs. Um, I know this is a weird little uh, analogy, but Paul, trust me, trust me, okay? But uh, it's about a serial killer, okay? Uh, and he's in prison, and this detective is coming to interrogate him. And Officer Starling is her name. She goes in to interview him, and she asks, what happened to you that made you like this? And she's the quintessential modern person. She thinks, you are doing bad things, therefore something must have happened to you. Something must have come from the outside. It couldn't have come from the inside. And Hannibal replies to her, nothing happened to me, Officer Starling. I happened. You can't reduce me to a set of influences. You've given up good and evil for behaviorism. You've got everybody in moral dignity pants, and nothing is ever anybody's fault. Look at me, Officer Starling. Can you stand and say that I'm evil? Am I evil, Officer Starling? When we remove and we deny evil, we deny, really, our need for Christ. What we do in this behaviorism is that and I believe that there's a lot of science and research behind that. But there is a deeper level that their evil does exist. And there was nothing that Satan would love more than for us as a church to pretend that he doesn't exist. Or to go about believing that he doesn't exist. You know what? It's easier to believe that evil is not a real thing. But guys, if we will just read and open our eyes and, and listen to the pain and the suffering and the injustice around the world... There is deep, wretched, dark evil in this world. And if we want to just pretend that it's just because somebody made a bad choice, we are, we are missing the battle. We are just ignoring and turning our eyes away, and we are just allowing Satan to have whatever way he wants. But that is not God's desire for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us Jesus, who is our champion. He gave us a victory that has already been won. We just have to seize it together. So I want to encourage you today that let's stop being just on the defensive in our spirituality, in our prayers. Let's stop just being, let's go on offense. And I talked about this topic at our venture, our family conference that we did. And we were talking about the, the armor of God and how much of the armor of God is defensive. But we have an offensive weapon. Let's stop being, being cowering back and, and, and just, oh, Lord, help me, woe is me. No, we are, we are powerful and mighty through God. These weapons of our warfare are mighty through God for the pulling down of these strongholds. So if you've got a, fr a friend or a family who's, member who's walking away from God, don't just say, oh, Lord, I just wish that they would. 
No, get on it. Let's start praying with authority. Let's start calling on the power of the Holy Spirit, on God's word, using the sword of the spirit. Let's go on the offensive here, guys. Let's not just sit back and keep playing defense. If we deny evil, we deny the the need for Christ. What we're trying to do, what we're really doing is denying evil is really a place of pride for us. Because if we admit that evil exists, then we admit that we don't have control. If we admit that there is an evil, a spiritual power that is beyond ourselves, and and this goes with God too. If we admit that there is a good that is beyond ourselves, then we don't have control. But there is the essence, there is an essence of our existence that we don't like to look at. And it's called brokenness. It's called depravity. It's called sin. It's called, we are just broken from the start. But we don't want to admit that. And as long as we don't have to admit that, we also don't have to admit that there's evil. We can just live our lives and and have our temporary pleasures. We don't really have to think about eternity because that's some kind of weird thing out there. Streets of gold, like who wants, what are streets of gold anyway? Nobody likes gold anymore, right? I mean, they're like white gold or I don't know what platinum or titanium. Okay, it's gold is streets of titanium. Whatever you need, okay, for heaven to be, right? But we don't like to think about it. Because we have been trained so much that if we can't understand it with our senses, then it is not real. If we can't understand it through research, then it's not real. But guys, the spiritual realm, the battle that we're in spiritually is real. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18, it's not on your screen, but I just want to read this to you. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. We have a helper. We have a high priest. We have a Jesus who broke the lines of eternity and temporary. He came to walk among us. He came to live and walk in the neighborhood to become flesh. That scripture, 2 Corinthians, I put it back up there. For although we live in the flesh, we don't wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of stronghold. The weapons, not just the defense mechanisms, the weapons of our, of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're powerful through God. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey God. God has given us these weapons. Uh, I was praying uh, and just writing in my journal the other day, and I wanted to read this to you because I feel like it, it kind of gets right at what we're talking about here. And I feel like this is a word for somebody today. It may be that you find God revealed in your weaknesses before you see him in your strength. 
I want to frame this for you because the battle that we wage, these weapons that we use, they're not powered by our grit and our ability to grit our teeth and be strong. They are powered by a surrender to the God. They are powered by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by our power. So when we talk about wielding the sword of the Spirit, we're not, you know, grunting. Ah, no, we are, it's, it's, like a, it's like a feather in our hands because it's powerful. It's imbued with power through the Spirit of God. So if we worship and pursue God without a revelation of the dire situation we are in without Him, the utter brokenness, our deep slavery to pride and sin. If we worship Him without that revelation, then we are in danger of having a form of godliness, but never experiencing the power. Because our relationship with Him will always be based on what we can bring to Him, and not on the fact that we have nothing to offer except surrender. We have a God who is not worshipped primarily by what we can do for Him. He is worshipped first when we recognize our desperation for Him. The first expression of true worship is the humility of confession of this brokenness. It's not a recognition of what we can give or bring to God, but how desperately lacking we are without Him. The offering of recognition and confession. Revelation blooms from seasons of desperation. Could it be that this season we are in and there are many spiritual battles and happening all across the world and in your home right now. Could it be that this place of desperation is opening the doorway for greater revelation of God? Could it be that this place where we see our brokenness, we see that we can't control something, whether that's a virus or a, a political situation, when we see that we are completely out of control, could it be that that is a gift that leads us to a place to, where we see our weakness and in that weakness we receive the strength of God through salvation? Could it be that this is the time where you come to God no longer because of the things that you can do, but because you realize you can't do it? And it's part and parcel with what we've been talking about, which is, we want to understand God by the things that our five senses and our bodies and the mechanics, the physical world, we can do for him. That's how we know that we have earned our place with the Lord. But God says, you can do nothing apart from me. That this spiritual realm is not enacted by your physical doing. And, and this is not a transactional relationship. It's relational. And it begins with surrender. So somebody today, you are coming to the Lord with your strengths. And you've been coming for years with your strengths, thinking that that was earning you a place with the Lord. But the Lord says, greater revelation is here for you when you will look, if you will just look at your weakness. If you will just confess at your, your brokenness. Then you will be ready. Then I will show you the intimacy and the love that you've been longing for. This is something that's played out in my life over the past couple years, like in my face, real deal. I have had to lay down and surrender my perf perfect performance before the Lord and receive the reality of my brokenness. But in the reality of that brokenness, I have seen 
the love of God in a way that I've never seen it before. And I've, I've followed the Lord all my life that I can remember. And yet I feel like over these past couple years, I've just begun to finally touch the depths of the love of the Lord, the eternal nature of God. Because He has awakened that eternity in my heart. Number five, Christ's victory is now and for eternity. We do have an enemy. First Peter, be sober-minded, be alert, but Christ's victory is now and for eternity. And I think the prayer for us is this. How can I awaken to God's greater reality? How can I awaken to God's greater reality. How can I this week, or when I walk away from this time today, how can I awaken to the greater reality of the spiritual realm, to the greater reality of the battle that it, there is for my family, the battle that there is for my own soul, but also the victory that Christ has? How can I awaken? If, if your gospel, Lord, is centered around eternity, then would you reveal to me what I can't understand on my own? Would you help me through your Holy Spirit to see the things, to understand the spiritual things, the, the things that are of deep in your heart, God? Would you stir that up in me? A knowing that I can't just know with my mind, but something that I know in my soul. Like, would you stir that up in me? I'm praying that God would stir up in you a knowledge and a knowing of your brokenness. That he would... When you look in the mirror, that you would see the brokenness, that you would see the pride, that you would see the depth of trust that you have in yourself, but the frailty of that trust and the foundation of that. But in that seeing that, you wouldn't be discouraged or broken down, but you would then see immediately the love and the embrace and the strength of the Holy Spirit. That when you look at yourself in the mirror, when, when you hear that voice says that you are weak, you aren't pretty enough, you just... You don't have what it takes. Who are you to think that? And you say, you're right. But God, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. God has redeemed me with his love. And he has brought me, resurrected me to life. To where I am now eternal. What can man do to me? When you are an eternal person. When you are alive in your spirit through the love and the eternal nature of God, what can someone do to you? You're invincible. You really are. Invincible from the spiritual attack realm, from the, from the long-term spiritual attack. The enemy loses all time, every time. He may win a battle here or there, but he's going to lose. The victory is ours. Christ has given us victory now and for eternity. And I'm not telling you you need to go out and like, you know, jump off anything or like try to pretend you could fly or anything like that. Okay. Bottom line is that war with the Holy Spirit is good. War with the Holy Spirit brings fruit. And some of us need to get some tenacity. I love that word because it just says exactly what we need. Some of us need to just get some a fire in our bones for our family. We need to get a fire up that, that rises up in our bones 
for the people who are far from God around us, for the people who are being pummeled by the enemy, and we need to go on the offensive. Guys, there are people at your workplace that are being berated, being pummeled by the enemy, by his tactics and his age-old age-old attacks. It's the same old stuff over and over. And you and I need to get some gumption. That's what they used to call it, right? You got to get some gumption and you got to start living on the attack. Don't just let people be mowed down in your presence. You are a mighty warrior of God. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit to wage war for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to leave you with this. And this is probably a terrible place to leave, but I think it's a good place. Uh, I'm just going to say this name, and it's going to, like, totally decimate the the room. Like, y'all are going to, like, Kanye West. Uh, (laughs) He wrote a gospel album, okay? I mean, so we can bring him in, you know? (laughs) But I want to say this to you. Uh, He has the lyrics of this song. It's called Close on Sunday. You my Chick-fil-A. <laughs> okay. I'm totally ruining any, any ground I've taken. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this. This is the kind of attitude I want you to have in your spiritual warfare, okay? Stand up for my home. Even if I take this walk alone, I bow down to the king upon the throne. My life is his. I'm no longer my own. I pray to God that he'll strengthen my hand. They will think twice before stepping on my land. I draw the line. It's written in the sand. Try me and you will see that I ain't playing. Now back up off my family. Move your hands. I got my weapons in the spirit's land. Come on now. You got your weapons in the spirit's land. You need to get that kind of attitude in your heart. And I know some of you are meek and mild, but... You are going to be empowered and lit up by the Holy Spirit. Back up off my family. You have no place here, Satan. Back up off my neighbors. Back up off my co-workers. Back up off my brother. No more footholds there in the name of Jesus. And you and I, we got, you don't know what to pray? Well, let's just open up the psalm. Let's start to pray. You know what I'm saying? May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. God, answer us in the day of trouble. May the name of God of Jacob protect you. God, protect us, Lord. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard your favor. Guard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation in the name of our Lord God and set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions in the name of Jesus. If you don't know what to pray, just open up the word and start praying. Start speaking the word of life into your family. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to go into ministry time. Lord Jesus, light up a fire in us. Help us not to walk anymore, ignoring the reality of the spiritual realm, ignoring the reality of the battle that is at hand. Lord, you have equipped us. You have called us. You have made us mighty for this battle, and we will not stand and watch people around us be attacked and destroyed by Satan's schemes. We will stand up, Lord. We will war. 
as you do, Lord. And we will win in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a great, great word from the Lord. Can we thank, can we thank Aubrey? Yeah. So we, we, we receive, and, and there's so many, there are so many themes, so much for me to think about this afternoon as I look at my notes and, and just see what the Lord is saying. And there is a theme of theology of this believing that there is evil. And once we believe there is evil, then we take our weaknesses to the Lord, not just our strength. And then we become the warriors. He's called us to be so, so much good. And now I, I'm going to just lead us in a time where we can receive the word because we're not called to just be hearers of the word only, but we're, we are called to be responsive to the word. And so we have time and we make time in our services for that. So if you're here at CIL and you're able to, would you stand? You don't have to, but if you're able to, this is just a posture to receive. And and Josh is going to lead us in some worship. And as he leads us in worship, there's several ways you can respond. Um, We provided communion in the lobby. They're the little communion packets. I won't give further instructions about those, but if you... If you grab those and you want to take those, you can take those when your heart is ready. Or you're welcome to go out there and get those and come back into the sanctuary. Um, Some of you may want to pray with someone uh, that you know, that you came with. You know, we want to keep that in in, within groupings of of, of family and friends that are comfortable around each other. So we're uh, being conscious of the the virus and, and not spreading that. But... If you're with a friend, a spouse, you may want to pray with them. Or you may want to pray by yourself and just, just go somewhere else in this room. You come to these steps that represent uh, an, an, an altar. They're kind of a symbol of like moving towards God, moving to a place of consecration, a place of sacrifice. And then in just a few minutes, I'm going to give the benediction. Um, you may want to look at your notes or look at a scripture and, and reread that scripture and write something in the margin of your Bible. But just get away like, like how can I respond um, with these five wonderful points and even some themes that I pointed out? The Lord is speaking to all of us in different ways. And so what the Holy Spirit's like dealing with me about may be different than someone sitting, you know, to the, to the left or someone online right now, because the Holy Spirit makes that truth real to you. The Holy Spirit makes that truth real to you. And so we want to have soft hearts. Like don't harden your heart to the word of the Lord, have soft hearts to receive that. So as we get ready to go to that time of dedication, there's a prayer that I pray uh, almost every day. I did every day this week, and it's a part of me confessing my need for the Lord. And so uh, you're welcome to join me as I pray this. Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, set up your kingdom in our midst. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Holy Spirit, breath of the living God, renew me and all of the world.